Hi everyone, my name is Anna Grace and welcome back to another episode of the Handprints Podcast. So last week, I did not have an episode up for a couple of reasons. One was, it was just a crazy week. It was the week that I would have been recording the episode was also election week as well as my birthday week and about half of my friends went into quarantine. Actually, most all of my friends from my hometown went into quarantine or isolation because two of them got COVID and so it was just a very busy week and I decided that I wanted to continue to leave space for other voices that were not mine to be amplified um, as things in the world continue to change. And so that was the reason why I didn't have an episode up last week. But for this week, I decided that I would kind of do a more fun, lighthearted episode. And that is going to be the top of things or just, I guess, 10 things that I would tell my teenage self. As I said before, my birthday was last week and I turned 20, which honestly feels not real. I woke up yesterday and had the realization that My mom got married when she was 20, and so just having that realization, I think I realized, wow, I'm living at home right now trying to work on a creative project in a gap semester during a pandemic. This is weird. But at the same time, I think that I don't need to take myself as seriously as I think I might. In my mind, 20 is a really big number and I should know everything by now, but that's just not the case. And as you grow up, I think you realize that your expectations for certain ages and certain kind of social norms of when things happen just slowly lessen and differ because everyone's path is different and the Lord has something different for every person. With that being said, the pandemic is obviously also growing as far as cases worldwide. I personally live in Kansas where cases have just spiked the last couple weeks and so I would encourage you all to continue to stay safe and make safe decisions and good decisions and our doctors offices and our hospitals are asking us to um, kind of hunker down a little bit more during this holiday season and so just you know be cautious about who's in your bubble and kind of making that bubble a bubble as much as possible right now just to continue to keep everybody safe. With all of that being said, that's kind of a life update for me. I'm gonna go ahead and go into the things I would tell my teenage self. So this first one is something that I have thought a lot about in the last couple of weeks. There was a quote Lauren Daigle said on Sadie Robertson's podcast a while back, and that quote was, the greatest freedom you will ever know is allowing people the opportunity to misunderstand you. That's not the exact wording of it, but it's along those lines. And I'm a four on the Enneagram, and the four's core desire is to be understood. And it's something I've always struggled with. I always feel the need to justify myself, to defend myself, because I'm afraid that people will misunderstand me. If I make a certain action, I'm afraid of how it will be received, even if I'm doing it with an intention different than what is perceived. And so... Because of this, and you might notice on my podcast that I do this, I often have trouble with the notion of being misunderstood. 
But the reality is we are all misunderstood to an extent by others because they don't know us fully as the Lord knows us fully. Sometimes you have to give up what the world thinks about you so you can fully embrace what God thinks about you and what God says about you. The second thing I would tell my teenage self is that the quote-unquote pointless nights of driving around, blasting music in the car with your best friends will always be worth it. I was talking to one of my friends, Emily, about this a couple of months ago, maybe, and we were just talking about how we miss in high school just driving around with our best friends, how we miss deciding to go to Sonic in the middle of the night, how we miss just being silly and not necessarily reckless, but just as a teenager, I think there's a certain amount of expectation that you are just going to kind of do what seems silly to maybe the outside world, but is actually the most fun, memorable moments, I would say, especially of high school. In college, there are definitely moments like this, but I feel like they get more and more rare the older you get, and there's something just so fun about impulsivity and spontaneity and the unplanned moments I really believe are the ones that you will remember the most and so those nights where things don't go according to plan and you end up just doing whatever I remember in high school my friends and I would always go and get one dollar ice cream cones from McDonald's after football games and then we would just go around and we would blast music in the car and I'm sure that the cars around us just thought those silly girls or (laughs) there are some other words I would use but I'm sure that they just were like no one cares you're not that cool but something about those nights I just remember and I miss and so don't take those for granted always say yes to those silly opportunities because those are the nights those are the moments when you will truly make memories that will last forever The third thing I would tell my teenage self is that authentic relationship will always be more important than achievement. And this is something that I think I struggled with and continue to struggle with in college is deciding to say yes to one thing over another because oftentimes there are moments where you have to choose between homework and your friends. And I'm not saying to always choose your friends when it's like a plan. And I'm not saying to never take time for yourself either. That's not it. But there will be moments where someone needs something. Someone needs your help. Someone needs just to be loved for a moment, you know, just to take time to sit down and share what they're going through. And taking those moments, even when you're in a rush and your agenda feels like it's getting flopped all over the place and your plan is not going according to plan, Those are the moments where you have to say, you know, this person and this relationship and this friendship right now is more important than, you know, the grade that I have on a test. And again, I'm not saying to always choose to just do things with your friends. And on top of that, even if it's not about hanging out with your friends every moment of the day, the time that you spend with your friends, the relationships that you make, those are so important. When I think about high school and college and what I'm doing with my life and I look at the relationships that I made in those places, both of those are school and both are about academics first and foremost, but 
the relationships you make there are truly about half of the equation, especially I would say in college. The friendships you make, they are just important to an extent as the education that you're getting and so don't take that time for granted. Don't take the opportunity of being authentic, getting to know people deeply, and letting yourself be known deeply for granted. It's a great gift to allow somebody to know you in a way that others don't, and it's a great honor to hear and learn about someone else and the pain and the real hardship in what they've gone through in their life. I've learned as I've gotten older that I'm just not willing to settle for surface level friendships and to an extent I've always been this way. As I said, I'm a four on the Enneagram and I just don't do the surface level friendships and if you know me, you know this. If I have coffee with you, we're going deep and I want to know what makes you tick. I want to know what childhood trauma you had that makes you the way you are because getting up close, not with everyone, but with a few people and allowing them to see more of you than the rest of the world sees allows them to understand you in a way that others don't. When we hear about how someone grew up or we hear about what someone's been through, it gives us so much more grace and empathy for that person And with that being said, even to those who you don't know fully and deeply in the way you might know others, I would encourage you to give them grace because you don't know what's in their backstory and almost always, actually I would say always, there's a reason why someone is the way they are. There's a reason they treat you the way they do, whether that's kindly or whatever, There's a reason for it. There is a deeper meaning and oftentimes when you find that out, it allows you to be a better friend to them because you understand them in a way that the world might not. And even further than that, I would say it's hard to hate someone up close. I've had people in my life who I thought one thing about and I made impressions of and I misjudged and later on I got to know them better And I realized how wrong I was about the judgments that I made because I assumed things about people that simply weren't true. And even if they were maybe true in the moment, there was a deeper reason for them that I could have never even imagined or guessed. Again, it's a great gift to have authentic relationship with others. The fourth thing I would tell myself, my teenage self, is that saying no so you can say a better yes is a good thing. You cannot do everything. I'm telling you right now, you cannot do everything, but you can do something. There's a YouTuber, her name is Sarah Therese, and she talks a lot about this in the concept of the environment and ethical shopping, and she talks about how how it's not so much one person doing everything, but it's everybody doing something. And I truly believe that this is just a great general concept for life because you can't do everything, but you can do something. You can't know everyone, but you can know someone. And with that being said, making space in your life so that you can pursue your best yes will always be better than an okay yes where there's no passion or energy or motivation. I know I talked about earlier how there are times when it's better to stop what you're doing and put 
to the side your plans and your agenda and go and run after a relationship with another person. But this, in this instance, I'm talking about the bigger decisions you have to make, but also some daily decisions that you have to make. Sometimes someone will ask you to do something, and I'll just give you guys an example. Last year, I was a youth leader for the church that I attended in college, and I started being a youth leader pretty much right off the bat. I started attending this church at the very beginning of the year in September, and by the end of September, my friend Grace and I were youth leaders for them, and it was great, but it was not something that I realized how big the commitment was for and how little time or energy I would actually have. I think in the long run, looking back, being a youth leader freshman year first semester was not a great move on my part anyway because I had no idea what was coming for me and I didn't know how busy college was and how much stuff I was going to have going on all the time. But I basically committed to do this and then I ended up having to say no second semester because I was working 10 hours a week of a job. I go to a school where there's just a lot of homework. All my oldies out there, you know what I'm talking about. There's a lot to do all the time and there's a lot of other activities and I'm a dancer. And as I said, friendships are a big thing. And so I just didn't have the actual energy anymore to put into those kids the way they deserved to be poured into. But I wanted to say yes because I wanted to serve. And so the moral of the story is really that you are not going to be the best person for the job if you don't have any energy to bring to the job. Whatever it is, whatever commitment it is, you will not be the best person if you do not have energy. Pray and discern about what you are going to do and what decisions you are going to make. And do take and keep in mind that commitment is something that is a big deal. And when you commit to something, you should stick with it. And I think that's actually a big problem in our generation, in my generation specifically, is that we are not good at commitment. We are not good at keeping our commitments. And it shows. And honestly, I don't think that is a good trait to have where we kind of just blow off our commitments. I think that there's something to be said for commitment and the importance of it. And that's why, honestly, I think I'm disappointed that I had to stop being a youth leader last semester, but I also think I made a not smart decision in the first place committing to something that I simply did not have the time for. And I should have never said yes in the first place. And it became so overwhelming that it became something I was thinking about during the week of how anxious I was to go to youth on Wednesday nights. And that is just not something that was healthy anymore in my life. And I think it's important to weigh out your commitments so that When you do make a commitment, it is truly that you are able to see it through to the end and it's not something that weighs you down or gives you anxiety every time you think about it. My next one is be informed and empathetic as you fight for justice because loving people is more important than always being right. This one, you guys, it is something that is so close to my heart and something that I think I was not always good at. 
Oftentimes, I think I choose one or the other in this fight. Either I'm only informed or I'm only empathetic. And I think we have to have both. We have to be informed citizens and citizens both of heaven and earth. We are called to fight for justice. The Lord talks about it all the time. God is a just God and he calls his people to fight for justice. He talks so much about how he is the God of the unseen and the oppressed. And we, as his followers, as his chosen people, are called to fight for justice also. And as we do it, we should be informed. We should be doing our research and we should not simply be taking what the world says. We should actually be taking matters into our own hands and putting in the time and the energy and the effort to be informed citizens. But we also have to be empathetic. When we have conversations with others, we should not simply be shouting at them what is right because that gets nobody nowhere. That doesn't really make sense, the grammar of that. But nobody is going to get anywhere if we're just yelling at them. No one's going to change their opinion because we are just yelling at them what we think. And this goes, I'm not talking about one side of the political aisle or not because this goes for both sides. Whatever side I normally lean to, which I'm not even going to share on this podcast, if you know me in real life, you know what side I typically lean to. The reality is that both sides are not good at listening to each other. And I truly believe that if more people listened and were empathetic and shared information in a kind and loving way, we would get so much further in getting people on train to fight for justice because loving people is our greatest call as Christians to love our neighbors as ourselves and to love the Lord our God with all our heart, mind, and soul. Those are the two greatest commandments. And so the reason that they are the fulfillment of all the other commandments is because if you truly are doing this, then every other commandment will fall in line. If you're truly loving your neighbors as yourself, every other commandment will fall in line. And if you know and love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, that will just flow out of you like a river. All right, my sixth piece of advice for my younger self or my teenage self is to cherish holidays and family time. So obviously being in this pandemic, I think us college students all have had a little more time with our families than we were expecting to. And sometimes the more time we spend with our families, I think the less time we are appreciative of our families or cherishing that time. But I would just say to all my high school students out there, middle school, whoever is listening, who is not yet living on their own, I would say you are going to miss your mother's cooking or your father's cooking. You are going to miss nights at the dinner table. You are going to miss family movie night. You are going to miss a lot when you go off to college or you go and you start working and you move out of your parents' house. Whatever it is, I would just say if you have the opportunity right now to spend time with your family, especially given the pandemic, I would do it because it's time that you will not get back. And I think I thought when I was younger that maybe as you get older, all your relationships just work themselves out. 
that all your relationships with your parents and your siblings just become better the second that you move out of the house. And while to an extent, yes, things tend to get easier as you move out of the house, shoving things under the rug and not addressing them is not the way to make you closer. It's simply the way to avoid and push in the feelings that you might have. I think it's so important to continue investing in relationships with your parents and your siblings as you get older, before you leave the house, as well as after you do because relationships don't fix themselves. Time does not heal all wounds. I know some people think that. I know I've thought that before that, oh, over time this will just get better, but it doesn't. And so while you're still at home, make an effort to really mend maybe wounds and make an effort to continue growing your friendships with your family because this is something that you won't always have. My sister now lives in Colorado. My brother and I, besides right now in the pandemic, I'm at school and he's here at the house and he's going to move out in a year and a half and less and less time we have to spend together. So go to Sonic with your siblings, spend time with your parents, get to know about your parents because I think there's a lot you would realize you don't know and you might think you know, but you don't. I went on a trip with my dad to our cabin in Minnesota for two weeks this semester and I learned so much about my dad and my parents that I had never known before and it truly made me appreciate my dad more. It made me see where he was coming from, why he is the way he is, and we just were able to talk about a lot of things that I just didn't even know about him that are the reason he is how he is, and he answered a lot of questions for me about our family, about my siblings, and we just had conversation that we wouldn't have had if we weren't intentional to spend that time together. And I know not everyone can go to a cabin for two weeks with one of their parents, but ask your parents questions. Ask them what it was like growing up. Ask them about each other. If your parents are married, ask them how they met. Ask them their love story. Like, these questions are questions that one day you're going to want to know, especially one day when you're telling your kids about their grandparents. These are questions they're going to want to know, and I know not everyone has this opportunity, and it is a privilege to have two parents living in the house, and it's a privilege to have a relationship with your parents where you're able to do this, but if you are in that position, um, I would just encourage you to cherish that time with your family because it it does slowly fleet away you know it's not everlasting you're not going to live at home forever um and so cherish that time while you have it my seventh piece of advice to my younger self is to not be so worried about making the right choice when it comes to vocation career or calling i think i thought in high school that there was one choice and it was where I went to college, and that choice would dictate the rest of my life, and if I made the wrong one, everything would be wrong. And that's just not the case, I would say, because A, I think sometimes the Lord gives us multiple opportunities and multiple options, and he says, choose. There's not always one clear-cut path. Secondly, your career is not your calling, and your career might change 
And even though I do think you should discern and pray over what you are to do once you graduate high school and leave the house, I also think that you should have grace for yourself because you can always change your mind, especially when it comes to careers and college choices. Now, yes, certain majors lead to certain things, but you don't have to know that when you're 18 years old. You don't have to go to college when you're 18 years old. There are so many options for you, and none of them are the wrong option. You always have time to do something else. I thought about transferring schools after my freshman year of college. It was really the end of my first semester last year, right around actually exactly a year ago, pretty much, when I came home at Thanksgiving break. I was ready to transfer schools. I hated St. Olaf, if I'm being honest, even though I really didn't. I thought I did. My friends seemed to be having a blast at their schools, and I was just not having it. And by the end of second semester, I loved St. Olaf, and I knew I wanted to stay. And so, A, give it time after you do make your decisions, but B, there's not only one right choice. If St. Olaf really had not been for me, I could have switched my choice. I could have transferred colleges. There are options for you, and pursuing something when you feel called, I felt called towards St. Olaf. I felt like the Lord was pushing me towards that and I knew I needed to explore that option for myself and if I would not have done that, I would not have met the people I met. I would not have the opportunities I have. I would not be even close to the person I would be if I would have chosen elsewhere and that's true of any school or any vocation whatever you choose it will change you and shape you in ways that nowhere else would but at the same time you can switch your decision if I would have gone to St. Olaf where I did feel was the place for me where I felt the Lord calling me towards but if I had gone and all of a sudden I felt like whoa I don't think the Lord is calling me here anymore that could have been a switch for me I could have transferred colleges Right now, I'm on a gap semester. I never thought I would be on a gap semester. I never thought I'd be living through a pandemic. So things change, and God will be with you wherever you go. And I think that's important to point out that even if you were to make, quote-unquote, the wrong decision, God would still be with you. My mom kept telling me that as I was making my college decision. Even if St. Olaf is not the place for you, God will still be with you. He will still be with you. He lives within you. Like, you are not alone in those decisions. And those decisions, though they shape you, they don't define you. My eighth piece of advice to my younger self is to thank the people who helped to get you where you want to go. I don't think we do this enough. There are so many people, especially in those foundational years, I would say, those teenage years from probably 13 to 18, where so many people are going to help you get to the next place. So many teachers are going to write recommendation letters for you, whether it's for a job or for a college. So many mentors and coaches are going to prepare you for things that you didn't even know you would need. Counselors are going to prepare you for things that you did not know you would need. You're going to have to ask for help from a lot of people and 
you cannot do life on your own. You would not succeed on your own. And so it's important to thank the people who help get you where you want to go as well as where you have gone. Especially there are a couple years in there where I just feel like I had no idea what people were doing for me or the kind of help that people were giving me. It's also so important for me to acknowledge that we are in positions of privilege if people are helping us with anything. You know, if you have parents who can help you with your college application, then you are in a position of privilege. And so it's important, I think, to acknowledge that because not everyone has that. And so if you do, you better acknowledge it and thank people for what they're doing because they don't have to be doing what they are, but they're taking the time out of their day and their schedule to help you. And so being grateful is such a great look on anyone. It is attractive to be grateful. And so say thank you. Cherish the advice and wisdom of those who are older than me because oftentimes I shrugged it off and I thought I knew more than them and I definitely did not. And so that's a big one for myself personally that I wanted to share because these are about what I've learned and what I would tell myself in my teenage years. The ninth thing I would tell my teenage self is that sanctification is a process and it takes time. Sanctification is a process by which we are being saved. That's the best way that I can put it. It's a process by which the Lord makes us more like himself and it's truly a lifelong process where you're getting to know the Lord better and he is changing you from the inside out to make you more holy and more like himself. Philippians 1.6 says, And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. The Lord does not give up on his people. The Lord does not give up on his people. I'm going to say it again. The Lord does not give up on his people. He will never leave you or forsake you if you have accepted him as your Lord and Savior while we're on this earth, those of us who know the Lord or are getting to know the Lord, we are all in a process. And my grandma actually texted me about this last week. So Mimi wanted to talk about this one. We're all in a process and there's no judgment for where you're at in that process. But sanctification is a process and it takes time and we will not be perfect on this earth because only one man walked this earth perfectly and that was Jesus Christ himself. Don't spend so much time comparing yourself to another because we're all on a journey and it takes time. And the 10th thing I would tell my teenage self is that you will continue to change and grow. And as you do, some people are not going to see the growth because they've been on the journey with you and some people are going to see you the way you were five years ago and you have to give grace to those people and with that you also have to acknowledge that while you can change so can other people my dad often talks about freezing people how we had this image in our mind of someone and something they've done to us and we can't get past it because we haven't truly forgiven them or moved on from it 
and we hold these grudges and we freeze people in time and think that they are a way that they are, that they simply are not. Yes, certain things do remain. Our sin remains, wickedness remains, evil does remain. However, people also do change. And when we freeze people and when we decide that they're one way because at one moment in time they were that way, then we are doing a disservice to them and their growth. And we're also doing a disservice to ourselves because we are constantly growing and changing also. And we have to be willing to give grace to others just as we would want it for ourselves. Do unto others as you would want someone to do for you. Give others grace the way you would want someone to give you grace because we're all in a constant state of growth. And yes, growth is not linear. Sometimes people do not change in the way we want them to, but sometimes we look at people and we see them as their past selves, as someone who they aren't anymore, and we assume the worst about them, and we freeze them, and it keeps us from being able to forgive them if we are constantly freezing them in time and expecting that they are the same as they were even yesterday. We have to give people room to change and grow and become better versions of themselves. All right, you guys, those were the top 10 things I would tell my teenage self. As I move into this next decade of birthdays and I go from 20 to 30, which is so weird to think about that I have just as much time until I'm 30 as I do from when I was 10 because that seems so not long ago in a weird way. As I move into it, I am just so hopeful of what the Lord is going to do and what he's going to teach me. And I'm sure that all these things that I would tell my teenage self are things I will still be telling my 20-year-old self in a year from now and 10 years from now because these are things I think we all need to learn and especially myself, these are all things that I need to hear on a daily basis. So just because I'm telling my teenage self them today does not mean that I moved on from these things because I still need grace every day. I still need wisdom every day and there will not be a day where I don't need the grace of God to get me through because I am so far from perfect and I'm still learning and growing and I know that you are all as well and we're all on a journey and a process. I feel like I'm getting sappy now but most of what I want to say is just that we're all continuing to grow every day. Let's give grace to each other and love our neighbors well today and every day. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the Handprints Podcast and I will talk to you guys next week. Bye everybody! Bye everybody!